All right, thanks for listening to Remake Rewind, podcast for side of Remix Reboots. Should have happened. I'm Mike, as always, and I've got Alex. What's up, bud? Hey, man. How's it going? Tired. It's hot. Yeah. Both those things are true. Ugh. I paid more in taxes uh, <laughs> in one year than our president has in, in almost two decades. Yeah. How many people just turned off? <laughs> I, was, I was playing Call of Duty the other night, and... I was joking around. We were, it was like me and a friend playing with two randoms who were also friends, but the two groups didn't know each other. And, um, you know, we're on the same team for anybody that's not familiar with Call of Duty. And uh, so we're just like chit-chatting and stuff. And I said something. I don't remember exactly what it was, but I was like, yeah, he likes this, this and this, but he doesn't like this or cops. And um, one of the guys on the other team was like, oh, man, that was almost cool. And I was like, ugh. I don't even want to investigate this, but that's a bad sign. I just want to play my stupid little video game where I'm an army person and I, you know, sneak around and shoot other army people. Speaking of video games, I've been seeing that that Fall Guys game that you've been talking about. Like, <laughs> yeah. it's just, like, blown up over the last three weeks. Like, I've seen so many memes with it now and, like, yeah. celebrities talking about it. And I'm like... It's crazy. Thing. Apparently, there was going to be a sequel, and they were like, we're going to scrap the sequel and just like develop this one a little bit more since people are kind of finding it now. Like, why yeah. why invest all the money in a sequel and we can just do a patch and clean this one up a little bit and get more mileage out of it? Yeah, and it's, you know, it's this thing where that's been really popular in video games recently, especially like since the, um, the onset of like Battle Royale games like PUBG and Call of Duty Warzone and Fortnite, where they do seasons of games now. And, uh, you know, like a season of television, like they just update the game that you have. There's no like Call of Duty Warzone 2 or Fall Guys 2 or whatever. It's like, no, no, the game's already on your hard drive. We're just going to add some cool new stuff and call it, you know, season two. It, it's weird. Um, I was it's an ever evolving living organism. It's cool. I was playing PUBG on my phone. I, I played PUBG on the phone before I played on the console. And I actually kind of yeah, like just all playing bots. on the phone. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there are bots and there are human players it's a mix of everything but yeah there's bots in the console one now too yeah but they i was playing that and i i played it all the damn time and then i stopped for whatever reason and i picked it up a couple of days ago and it had been 367 days since i played so i got like a bunch of free stuff for coming back after a year and like yeah i don't recognize the menu at all like the gameplay is the same but there are all these different things like oh you got all these chests you could open and all these cards and now there's like four different types of in-game currency within the same game and i'm like god i i don't care what my player looks like i'm just gonna play the game (laughs) yeah it's it it's not that the stuff that you just mentioned is not on the console but they have been um changing the 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 user experience a little bit and stuff um i wish that i I could have a whole um podcast just about uh pubg honestly um, I wish that they had more money or more desire to develop that game into something really cool Yeah, because I think it's different enough than call of duty and Fortnite that it's its own thing, but they don't have them nearly as much money as either one of those other properties as have. either company. Yeah. And it just like, it looks like a PS2 game and it's laggy and no one's on it. And it's a bummer because I think it could be so much better. Yeah. Well, I think, I think they don't care about us markets. Anyway, yeah. sorry, I'm getting, getting I, way into it now. I, I, I think we, uh, 
I think we're trying to avoid talking about this this week's topic <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> this, this is a PUBG is our, podcast now. Our, our first Halloween episode of 2020, and uh, we decided Off we to wanted to do start. a classic franchise. And uh, I don't know why we didn't do this in the first like three years of the podcast, but you know, we're doing it now. But we're doing Friday the 13th, and what we decided to do, uh, I honestly thought there were two remakes. But apparently they were there was supposed to be a remake in 2017, and then it got delayed, and then it was supposed to come out this year, and it got delayed and stopped. And so there's actually only been the one one remake, and then all the weird semi reboots in the first like seven or eight movies. But what we're doing is uh, we wanted to talk about Jason, so we're doing uh, Friday the Thirteenth Part Two and the 2009 remake. Not Jason yeah. Kidd of the Toronto Raptors. And no, no, of course, Jason Voorhees. So. <laughs> I wish we were talking about Jason Kidd. I'd rather talk but, about that. But yeah, we did Friday the 13th Part 2 and the 2009 Friday the 13th. And uh, I have to ask you, this is more your area of expertise. I know you're the horror, the, the horror film like connoisseur. And I know this <laughs> is like a slasher film. This is like a sub-genre of, of horror overall. I think and, when people think of horror, though, like just the mainstream, they think of slashers. They do. I think like the first thing that comes to people's mind are Michael Myers, Jason Voorhees, Ghostface, Freddy Krueger. Then maybe the maybe zombie movies after that. Yeah, and I don't even think that people can like, I think that's a far second, actually. Yeah. I think they just think about that being a zombie movie. Yeah, it's, it's almost like its own genre on its own at this yeah. point. I don't know but, if I'd say I'm a connoisseur, by the way, but I appreciate that. I mean, you write. That's like your wheelhouse. You know, it's my wheelhouse. Time, I'll take that. Every time I've been to your house, that's like what's on your, your projector. <laughs> oh, yeah. What did I put on for that Halloween you, party? I think you had like VHS or whatever, like the one of the yeah. <laughs> things <laughs> that was a bunch of little films. All the dudes are sitting around watching it. Well, a bunch of us went over. We're like, this is creepy because it was like a bunch of like creepy images and videos, but there was no audio. So there was no context to what we were seeing. So we weren't sure if it was an actual film or if it was like just weird shit for the sake of being weird. I thought it'd be a pretty cool thing to put on for a Halloween party. Maybe for this next Halloween party, I'll put on VHS too. Oh, wait, we don't have Halloween parties. Hashtag canceled. Yeah, this is a dour podcast. Yeah, which is actually really fitting for the remake of this garbage movie. Yeah, well, um, let's or this garbage remake of the movie. Being the, the oh, wait, connoisseur yeah. of thank you of of horror. <laughs> not not connoisseur. But ask your question. The Jason is iconic. Like you can't debate that he's an iconic character. He's permeated yeah. pop culture. He's done you know eight movies, uh, a TV show. He's his, has his, his own video game. Like, he's been in. The Mortal His mask Kombat is games. literally the logo that is on horror genre sections or something. It's, exactly. I think it's the most recognizable uh, image in horror. It's definitely up there. And it's one of those things that I can't tell you how many times I've seen people dress up as this character for Halloween. Not necessarily because they love the character. It's just a really easy costume to throw on at the last minute. You just throw on a flannel shirt and pick up this <laughs> mask for a dollar at any, at literally any store across the yeah. country during this time of year. You can get this this mask. So what do you think makes this character iconic versus, I mean, he's kind of a ripoff of, of Michael Myers. My, you know this that's what this series kind of started three, as. three years later right right <sighs> i didn't think that's what you were going to ask i thought you were going to ask what my experience growing up seeing these movies oh was. that too but like what do <laughs> you think is makes this character iconic because i'm just gonna blow my load at the top of the episode and just say based off the two movies we watched and granted we didn't watch all of them um i don't get it 
Yeah, I'm with you. So let me let me answer your question while also answering the question that I asked myself that I thought I would <laughs> ask. Um, you know, I grew up watching a bunch of horror movies and this was this franchise was not on my radar growing up. Um, I mean, you know, I knew about it. It was on my radar, but it wasn't something that I made a point of watching all the movies. I've I haven't seen all the movies. I've seen the first two. Um I've seen and I've seen Jason X and Freddy oh, vs. So Jason. I feel like I've probably seen more of them than you then. So. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I, I was I super like into Michael Myers. Yeah, I was super into Michael Myers and Halloween. Um and Scream was like Scream is like the movie that came out when I was at the right age that like brought me into the that world. And it's like the you know, it's probably my favorite slasher movie. Um But yeah, these these movies like didn't interest me that much. And obviously I saw the first couple and they just like didn't resonate with me. So I didn't bother watching the rest. And I remember, so I actually remember seeing the Jason goes to hell, um, cover at blockbuster with the, like the snake thing coming through the mask. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a metal mask. Yeah. And I was like, what's going on? What is this movie? I remember thinking that was really, really rad when I saw it at like blockbuster. Now, granted, I'm a couple years younger than you. And so just like looking at the cover of that particular movie, I was like, what is this? And yeah, me too. But never, never bothered so, to. I had seen the first two movies. Um, so this one and the original one. I'd also seen Jason X. Uh, I had seen Jason Goes to Hell at some point. And then I, I wouldn't saw be surprised an- if I've seen it at some point. But I and then I saw you. another one that has Corey Feldman in it, which he was in. He was either in the third or the fourth one and then had a cameo in the one after that. So yeah. Corey Feldman was in two of them. And then, yeah, Freddy versus Jason. I remember liking Freddy versus Jason. I thought it was super weird. But I don't, going into this, like, I feel like my connection to Jason is more like the spoofs, like seeing a knockoff in The Simpsons, or I played this really fun game that was kind of a cult classic. It was called Zombies Ain't My Neighbors on <laughs> Super yeah. Nintendo. And I remember, like, being terrified of, like, the Jason-like character pops up i think in level four for the first time like the hedge maze level and being terrified of that version of jason but like watching these movies it was my understanding what separated this from your michael myers was creative kills it was what was supposed to be the draw was that this was a little bit more gory than your halloween movies and that they tried to elevate the the scariness by having over the top kills where mike myers wasn't quite that at the expense of like trying to tell a story or having interesting characters. And I'm not saying that I'm not saying that Halloween is fucking, um, you know, atonement or something. It's not the, the peak of, um, character building and connecting on an emotional level with these characters or whatever, but there's stuff in there that's interesting. We like these people or we want to know about their lives or spend time with them. And part of that is also Jamie Lee Curtis being charismatic as hell. And I think Um, even going to the Mike Myers thing, not having, at least in the original franchise and not having that origin that he is the, the, he was abused. Like you had in the, the Rob zombie versions, which I still even think the Rob zombie ones were better than both of these films. Um, But I do (laughs) think having Mike Myers be just evil and not have a reason why he went crazy, I think is a little scarier. Yeah, for sure. And I think to, to answer your question, I think that, uh, Friday the 13th is 
easier to make fun of than Halloween. So it ends up getting talked about a little bit more because it's such an easy target. But it also isn't it also isn't trying to be anything except what it is. Except I don't know if it knows what it is trying to be, though, because it changes so often. I think it's just well, I mean, that that's kind of what I'm saying. though. I think it's like mainstream, lowest common denominator, you know, big air quotes, horror, where it's just like, yeah, yeah, like teenagers get naked, they get killed. Like it's a. You know, when you have like a um, uh, your cliche like movie producer, it's like chomping on a cigar or something, and he's like, "Yeah, I don't know. Let's just make a horror movie. Like, we get some tits in there. We're gonna kill a guy. Like, you know, it's gonna be fun. Yeah. Like, the kids are gonna love it. I don't give a shit about it. I don't care about horror. I don't watch horror movies, but I want to sell some movies, and I think yeah. that's what this ends up being. I think some people are gonna argue with me about the original series." Uh, but I think I'm definitely right about the remake. I think I think you're right with the original series as well. So I I really tried to find out why, and we're clearly not talking about the movies because I don't think we'll, we'll get to it. But I don't necessarily think either of us have a lot to say about either of these films. But I went on kind of a deep dive. I read a bunch of articles. I was on Wikipedia and trying to figure out like who these movies were for, how did they do, and they. They, they were only a couple million dollars and like the first one made almost 20 million. They're like, Oh, that's a pretty good profit for like the early eighties. And they didn't spend a ton. So then they did the second that's one awesome. and they, they bumped it up to like 2.2 2 million and it made like 20 million. And then the third movie uh, was supposed to be the last one. And then it did well. So they're like, Oh shit, we need to do another one. And then the fourth movie made a little bit less and cost a little bit more, but like none of these movies up until the 2009 one did more than like $20 million. So like none of these made a ton of money. And then it's weird that they just kept going. Cause it's, they, they pretty much had one every year for like 12 years almost where, you know, they might've had like an off year where they didn't have one, but they just kept putting more and more money into it. And eventually like they had one, they bumped it up to like $5 million and then it only made like 18 million. And it's like, they were getting less and less money back still and spending more and more. still a pretty good profit though. And it's, but, but and you even, know that you're going to get it. Like it's not a gamble. But even during the eighties, like you were expecting a more of a profit than that. Cause that's just the production. That's not the marketing. So it's like, it's not a ton of money. And like, they also had an issue of like none of the actors ever wanting to come back for these movies beyond like a cameo in the next one. So like, so, like, this movie started with kind of, like, a flashback, like, previously on, and shows the reveal of the last movie that it was Mrs. Voorhees, not a man, killing everyone. And you see her get defeated, and then the, the heroine from the first movie is trying to move on with her life. She's talking to her mom on the phone, and then she hears something, and then Jason just sh- shows up and shoves an ice pick at her head. And she didn't want to do it, because apparently she got, like, a big stalker. And after filming the first one and was like oh, wow. afraid to be a celebrity. So she's like, just, just kill me at the beginning of this movie. And it was like 12 minutes before we got the, I opening. wrote that down too. Yeah. 12 yeah. minutes. Exactly. Before we got like the opening, like Friday, the 13 minutes of exposition. She didn't want to be in it. The what's weird about this movie is we're kind of presented. I think the character's name was Shauna. I honestly, that's the other thing about these movies is there's so many characters and, they're all pretty much the same person that is really hard to track any of the characters and what their names are. That's yeah. That's funny. Cause I feel like that, uh, is a thing in this, in the new movie too, in the remake. Oh, it's in both of them, both of them. But yeah. Sandra is the person that we kind of spend the most time with, which was the girl at the beginning of the movie where she's coming into town with her boyfriend and then their car gets towed as a prank from their friends. 
And Which is a good prank, by the way. I wrote that down. Yeah, I, I thought that was a Sol- pretty good twist. Solid prank. Solid yeah, because it's like, oh, you know, they're getting like the big city people going into a small town. This big city, that small town doesn't like them kind of thing. I was like, oh, nope, it's just a trick. Like it, it kind of tricked me a it, little bit. If you have access to a, a person that drives a tow truck and you have them tow your friend's car, that's funny. Yeah, it's that's a pretty good, good prank. It's a good prank. I thought it was but a good al- prank. But also, how does that dude know that the kid's not going to like rip off the dude's rearview window or something? It's like right. a high stakes prank. Well, and the other thing that was weird is like they're in a glass phone booth that's facing the street where their car was parked and they don't they, notice it conservatively. Very deliberately a, not watching. A five <laughs> minute thing scene of yeah. them like on the phone and this not going. The pacing of this movie is insane because it starts with that 12, taking 12 minutes not to kill. Not as insane as the remake. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like it's that and then nothing happens for like almost like another 30 minutes. I think it was at, let's see, I wrote it down when the next person gets killed. Give me a second. I wrote a ton of notes just because, like, I was trying to stay engaged. 32 minutes. So it's another 20 minutes before anything happens. And this movie is only 92 minutes long with the credits. It's not a long movie. Yeah. So we're presented as the Sandra characters, the main character, because they're our first introduction to everything. We kind of follow her and her boyfriend around. Like, they, they are sneaking out of camp. They're finding dead animals that they think might be their friend's pet dog that they don't want to tell they're sneaking all there's, around by the way there's a cut from jason looking at the dog to a hot dog cooking on a barbecue that i thought was really clever yeah i saw that too i like that so like we're presented like she's the main character and then they get killed like halfway through the movie a little bit more than halfway through the movie and then we get Ginny is now kind of the protagonist of the film and she's top build but she doesn't do anything in the movie really except for show up late to the camp orientation these movies are not concerned with us like us being interested in their characters no like them but being interested in them and they're not and it's not interested in like telling a story it's impossible to be interested in them just because there's so many and then you're changing who is kind of the protagonist throughout the movie but the person who survives until the end is somebody who has almost zero screen time until the last 20 minutes of the movie it's These super are literally weird. engineered so that you can like make out in the back and like leave the theater to go get popcorn and come back and stuff and like, not really miss anything other than maybe a kill or two. Yeah, because you don't care. There's like so many characters going on. Like they're yeah. not they're These movies are like products. They're not. You want, trying, you want to hear something to crazy? They're not concerned. So with Sandra, who if you were just to start watching this movie, you would think is the lead character of this film. She was 16 and told the producer she was 18. So they actually filmed a full frontal sex scene with her. And then it got cut because like after the movie was completed, they found out she was 16. Do they not have to... F- I know Hollywood's a little bit different, but do they? I know they still require to fill out an I-9 of some kind with some sort of ID. I mean, I, I looked at that chick and I was like, oh, she does not look like she's 18. Uh, so that doesn't surprise me. I think that... In the seven, I mean, before the eighties, sixteen was kind of an eighteen. And <laughs> no, I'm serious, man. <laughs> I don't think I'm wrong. I think it I was. I think people were. I think people were not concerned about that as much as they as are much. Now. I mean, it was enough that they. I'm not endorsing re- that either. They could clear release the film with this footage that they had of right. her, but 
I mean, but they this still happens like neither Kunis. And there's all there's also sorry, there's also like uh, a bunch of stories about people lying about their age and getting away with it. I think Tracy Lords did the same thing, right? Yeah. Uh, uh Mila Kunis did it for that seventies show. She was only like fifteen when that show started and she said she was yeah. eighteen. Yeah, and that's the nineties, right? But so. still, like, how do they not check that before casting? Because it's like there are labor laws I mean, and everything. Your wife works in Hollywood, like people being negligent with paperwork shouldn't surprise you. Yeah, it's true. But uh, I thought I, that was ask weird. her about Ask her about uh, the time it takes for her to get paid from a project that she worked on. It's here in Los Angeles now that she's union. It's not as bad in San Francisco on non-union stuff. They were allowed to pay her like up to like ninety days after the project was done. So there were times where she'd be like waiting and waiting and waiting. Now she I typically mean, gets paid. Yeah, like I, a week I hear or so horror stories pay. about. Like I know a year some people do. Five. I think if you're union, it's very hard for them to do that to you. Sure. If you're non-union, you you get boned. It's so easy to not talk about this movie. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my, my note that I had quite a bit was a lot of these movies, this clearly already had the tropes of the, the, the slasher film. But one of the, the big tropes that you have of all these kind of horror films, when you have somebody from a big city coming into a small town, there's always like the crazy old man who's like, uh, don't come in here, get out of here. It's not safe. Just the, in that movie, uh, Cabin in the Woods, it's the harbinger. Yeah. Like, they make a joke about God, it. It's such a great movie. Uh, I'd much really rather is. have watched that. But uh, in this, I, uh, my note for him was, uh, it's uh, crazy Norm MacDonald. <laughs> he looks exactly like <laughs> Norm MacDonald, just looked like old oh, man makeup. If we're playing this game, um, one of the girls in the beginning looks like the uh, waitress from Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Yeah, she does. Uh, really looks like yeah. it's crazy. Um, the <laughs> kid in the wheelchair had kind of a Superman vibe to him, too. Oh, can we talk about how fucking ripped all of these kids are? And also how that none of them are kids. Like well, the I don't think they're supposed, year old to, I think they're supposed they're to be all... college age. Like they say that, the, but it's weird because they're like, this isn't your regular summer job. Like it has stakes, but they but talk counselors, about like camp counselors. I think are routinely teenagers. Like teenagers so it's, not, typically. it's not clear, yeah. but they were allowed to go to bars and stuff. So presumably now granted, sure. you know, it's possible, but you know, it seems like at least some of them were like 20 something. Like they were all drinking and it's, it's with this very stickler by the buck boss who's like letting them do it. So I would assume they were all like early 20s. I think it's confusing because they all look like they are late 20s or 30 and they're meant and they're being made up to play 17 year olds. Yeah. But then they're actually supposed to be 21 or 22. But this very is confusing. This is like a staple of these movies. Like you go and look at the original Carrie. You had John Travolta, who was like 27 or something like that when sure. he did that. I mean, that's a staple. That's a staple yeah. of like. TV and yeah, also. it it really wasn't until like the last ten years or so that they've started to try to get people who look young, like your Tom Hollands, who look like they could be a teenager when they're in fact nineteen twenty. That's yeah, a pretty new thing. A teenager. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but I mean, he like, looks like spo- a teenager, but yeah. he's actually nineteen. Yeah, he's supposed to be like fifteen in those movies, and it's like, yeah, he passes as fifteen, sure. Yeah. But that that wasn't a thing. Like you had Tobey Maguire as a teenager, <laughs> yeah. high school. Such student. a good example of that. So, yeah, so it's like, come on. But this yeah, movie, all these kids were like fucking ripped, though. Like every they like, were even all the dude in, Even the dude in the wheelchair had like eight fucking abs. What was weird about the wheelchair one, and this is this is very early on in these this type of film, but the the sexually charged people like they just had like a girl who just met him who doesn't know him and she's just like she gets the other people to leave and she's like hey we're gonna play these video games to decide who's in position and then like starts asking him like how did you get crippled how do you ever think you're gonna walk in and we get this like i don't believe that that i'm gonna walk again and then he gets killed like 
immediately after and he keeps on like, saying he's in training for something too right does he ever yeah, say what but we never say we ne- we're never told what it is that he's in training yeah. for this is like almost room the room level uh dialogue yeah it, it's, it's it's just like so non sequiturs and it's like not the way that people actually interact i wrote that down by the way purple sweater is such a hard-on for wheels <laughs> and then the, the Poor wheels gets pushed down a fucking staircase, man. Well, he gets the, the machete in the face and oh, then he, rolls back and then goes down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Machete in the face is pretty good. The other one is just like so many of these kills were like telegraphs, and I think the only thing that makes these movies, and I'm not the first person to say this, and I think a lot of people comment how movies today don't do this very well, is the music is kind of what gets you uneasy i think halloween did it even this to an extent that has that really uneasy frantic music but there are times where it's like clearly they were trying to get the best shot possible so they literally have like for three to five seconds someone's head on screen like all you see is like a black background like of the night sky and like shoulders up and it'll be three to five seconds and then you just see a machete in the face and it's just like it kind of took me out of the movie almost every kill because pretty much every kill was three to five seconds of seeing a face blank, like not even screaming, just a blank face machete. It's almost like this. it's not a very well-made movie. No. It was weird. Speaking of like, things that are not very well-made, Jason is a horrific carpenter. Did you see his fucking house? <laughs> the funniest thing about that to me is that it like, it doesn't look like it's a dilapidated building. It looks like it was built that way you know what i mean it does. like it doesn't look like it doesn't look like a building that was that once was normal and has fallen into disrepair it looks like a building that was um constructed using material from other dilapidated buildings. it looks like uh, uh charlie bucket's house in the tim burton version of charlie <laughs> and the chocolate factory it's just this like one's- nonsense thing it, it, it almost looks like a winchester mystery house without the budget <laughs> it looks like a winchester mystery house made of driftwood it's like a shanty, like, like a homeless group of people who built a Winchester mystery house out of pallets <laughs> and just random scraps of wood. There's, um, they get inside and there's a shot where they like open Jason's closet and look inside and there's, oh, and they look at his, um, he's got a toilet too. He's got like a bathroom, but like the walls and the doors are all like, um, uh, d- like pieces of fucking driftwood, man. They're all like soggy, weird, weirdly, uh, destroyed pieces of wood and it's just like why even construct a bathroom why does he have a door on his bathroom he lives in the middle of the woods and like, nobody goes I, I, into the woods specifically to avoid him well, yeah. this i think he this has like an armoire the time to a- ask this question and it's funny so almost nobody from the original movie was in this so like tom savini who's a uh iconic yeah, special effects guy he worked with uh george Sex romero and don the dead uh he's great he did all the special effects and the makeup and the gore stuff for the first movie and he didn't come back to this one and then he ended up doing the third movie because they said we're gonna stop at three and he wanted to close out the franchise that he helped create but mm-hmm. he just was like this makes no goddamn sense like why wouldn't Jason have revealed himself to his mom in the 20 plus years that has happened since like just the general conceit of this movie makes no sense yeah which is you know a theme that they carry through the franchise yeah and i think it's slightly better in in the new one and we'll get to it but i mean god this movie was just nothing about the remake is slightly better i'm gonna disagree with you on that but we'll talk about it so i'm just going through my notes yeah i'm just saying i'm just seeing like nobody was worried about that dog by the way no 
Well, it was funny. Like the, nobody's worried about anybody. No. Well, they're like the only worry they had about the dog was they they just didn't want to deal with telling this person that their dog might be dead. And then, like at the end of the movie, like we get this really like happy music that like they see a do- the dog, and it's just like, and then Jason like, jumps kind of, through the window. That's kind of funny though, because that's like a callback to the first. Yeah, movie. but the Jason jumping through the window was so bad. Like the prosthetics on his face was just ridiculous. <laughs> well, they made a point of showing it too, like they, like in they slow motion slow in multiple moment. angles. Yeah. yeah, like a weird multiple angle too. And then um, their weird friend, by the way, that did the prank was a writer on Star Trek: The Next Generation. Oh, yeah. And like that's where the movie ends. And then like the third movie, it, it's weird. Like there's this whole thing where like she puts on the mom's sweater from the old movie, <laughs> and then like she pretends to be her, and then like Jason kind of falls for it, and then like doesn't. It's, I kind of like that. It was it's just like I was cool with it. I think. It's something they I like brought it just, into the other one. But I like geez. it just because it's embracing being weird. Yeah. But, uh, um, just, God, this movie sucks. J- Jason's home is like pretty easy to find also. Yeah. I mean, it's literally just around the corner. Like, it's, yeah. it's absurd it's, how like close it is to their their camp. And they're like, yeah, don't go anywhere near it. And there's a point where the sheriff is like, hey, we, you're doing a lot of great things for these kids. But it seems like this is the first time the camp is open. So, like, how do these people know about this, the camp counselors, like, good deeds with children? And they all seem to know that Jason is still alive out there. Yeah. and It his, seems like, weird he, that they would allow this to happen. His fucking cabin is just, like, right across the lake. Like, it's, it's there. Right you could see it through the trees. It's ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. I I don't know. Like, we haven't talked I, about really any of the deaths. The only thing that, the only death that I think, it, it's weird. I think the machete to the face over and over again the machete like the, there's a point where he sets a trap and this guy like is in like a gets like lassoed and then pulled up into the tree i forget what those type right. of traps are called and then jason like, like slits his throat with the machete all these things are pretty graphic but apparently like this was going to be rated x or nc-17 because of when sandra and her boyfriend sandra and jeff are having sex who once again we're led to believe they're the protagonist for the first half of the movie they get impaled by like some sort of spear but all you see is him wield the spear and then you see the spear hit the ground with a little bit of blood on it apparently that that scene was too violent the double impalement so they cut it but apparently on every dvd and vhs release there's like an image of them like seeing their bodies with the spear through them on the DVD yeah. releases and VHS releases. So it's like, how is this, how was this bad enough to cut from the movie, but it's totally cool in the marketing material. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's that a kind bad of sh- movie. That kind of shit's weird and happens. Yeah. That's my, I think that's my favorite kill, by the way. That's the one that I remember from seeing it when I was younger. That's the one that stuck with me. Um, I remember more like a similar kill with Kevin Bacon in the first one. Yeah, I don't don't remember. <laughs> yeah, Kevin Bacon. I I couldn't remember if Kev, Kevin Bacon was in this one or the original one, but he was he was in the first one. Yeah, you know, it's like this. I didn't hate watching this. This is like, oh, I did. It's fun. It's it's it was fun for me to revisit it. It it confirmed or reaffirmed for me that I don't really get this franchise, but just as like a time capsule, it was okay. I feel like I would have rather watched the unkillable one. I didn't have that bad of a time watching this. I, I don't, you know, I don't love this movie, but I was like, all right, well, I, I hated that, watching it. That was it. interesting. I, I really don't like slasher films. I'm what's weird. I'm, I'm really weird with movies 
because I, at one point I wanted to be a doctor. I've worked on a cadaver. I've done dozens of dissections with animals over my course of like my different biology classes and whatnot. If a documentary came on right now with like an open heart surgery and you saw everything, I could totally watch that. No problem. But for some reason, like gory films, for whatever reason, just don't sit well with me. I don't like gory films and I don't like mm. gruesome, especially gruesome ones. So I don't like any of Eli Roth's movies, his, yeah. his, his movies. I didn't like, uh, um, uh, why can't I think we talked about it on what you, what you even, what have you been up to, bud? But, uh, uh, Midsommar and Hereditary didn't like those specifically for their scenes that were just overly graphic and overly gruesome just for the sake of it. This type of movie didn't really, this one didn't really bother me because it was so cheesy and fake looking. Um, <laughs> so I was a little concerned about going into the 2009 one. Cause I'm like, Oh, this is probably just going to be super gory. And I was pleasantly surprised that it really wasn't that bad. But like going, watching this one, I kind of wanted to watch like the absurd ones where after he almost is like a, a supernatural entity where he's unkillable and, and whatnot. Because like this just, I didn't really get it. Like there were times where like he would just scuffle with people. And then there were times where he just like would brutalize them and like nothing would happen. Like he yeah, would just like, like walk up machete someone. And then there's one where he just like scuffled with a guy for like 10 seconds and it was fine. Like and the power levels are kind of inconsistent. Well, And it's like, sometimes he's just a cold-blooded killer and other times like he'll just scuffle with somebody and leave them be and then let that person come back to save the damsel in distress at the end so she can get the final kill or defeat jason or whatever it is and i just i don't get that i i know it's a trope but it just doesn't make any sense when you have a mindless killer they wouldn't do it yeah i mean I, I, we don't have to like elaborate on this but i think there is a fine line that makes watching you know, gory kills or scenes or whatever fun versus hard to watch. And it kind of extends to entire movies too. And this might be a good segue into the, the new film. I don't, when uh, I don't, I don't know if I feel this way necessarily about this movie because it's pretty goofy, but definitely the new film. I just wasn't having any fun with it whatsoever. So when the kills come on, I'm like, I don't care. Like it's not serving the story. They're not like crazy creative. You know, they're kind of interesting or whatever, but it's, even like um, the Saw movies uh, are a good example of like, well, yeah, they're a good example of like torture porn movies that Eli Roth might even be a better example. Those are really creative kills. And I think at least in uh, Hostel, um, you're a little bit more invested in like the story and also the message of the entire of the whole movie. Right. You know? I think that's what like sets us uh, hostile apart from the other movie, the other like torture porn movies that came out around the same time um, is that it actually was like trying to say something about Americans going into other countries and taking yeah. advantage of shit. I think uh, that's fair. Being fucking American. But in in this movie, to a certain extent, and definitely in the remake, I'm just like, I don't give a fuck. Um, I'm not invested in these characters in any way i don't even i don't i haven't been given the chance to be invested in them like no. the movie doesn't even care if i'm invested and that's no, not at all turn off so Especially it makes it harder to one. enjoy you know the improv the perverse like enjoy the kills because when you, when you look at i'm just gonna use actually no i'm gonna save this until after we talk about the second one i i, I think we okay. can have a, a better wrap-up conversation about what, kills what and character development and, and slashing films after here. we talk about the new one so uh, before we get to the new one
Um, so just today I finished the new Netflix documentary. I think it's called High Score about a video, the history. Yeah, yeah I know. It's, it's not even the history. It's like an origin story of video yeah. games. It's pretty cool, man. It's like five episodes, 30 minutes each. And it's this like uh, deep dive with really good interviews. And it's shot beautifully about the beginnings of, uh, of video games. Um, and it sort of covers like... Like it skips Pong and that kind of stuff, but it starts like right before the Nintendo explosion. So it's mm. like arcade games and it goes through the Nintendo explosion. It talks about Son- um, Sonic, talks about Sega, um, you know, carving themselves out a piece of the market and going up against Nintendo. Um, it talks about fighting games like Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat, which is cool. And it talks about um, the birth of the first person shooter with Wolfenstein 3D and... Um, 3D. Doom. Yeah, Wolf, Wolfenstein and Doom and id Software and like and Madden also the sports games um, that Sega started doing and it really it's it's particularly interesting for me because I lived through all of that and I identify with with each one of those um, you know beats that I just mentioned like all of those things are things that I remember vividly growing up so it was super fascinating to watch the people that created these games. Um, talk about them and stuff, and they cover role playing games as well. And that's one that's of the, cool. Um, that, that's in my list friends. to watch. I I added that to my queue like three or four days ago. So yeah, very I'm easy watch. I I just I had it on the background while I was um working on pedals and stuff. Um, and it was super cool. And then um, uh, I uh finally got HBO Max. So oh, cool. I and Katrina's been working a lot. She's back on set. It's interesting. Uh, knowing I've been how that's watching be. her Instagram stories. Yeah. So she's she's working. She had two days where she worked like overnight shoots, and then she had another two days last week where she just she didn't come home until like six or seven. So I had a lot more time to myself than I've had in six months. So I was able to get a lot of content done. So I actually watched the entirety of the Harley Quinn cartoon on HBO Max. Over I've the heard last. such good things about that. It's really good. Like you definitely have to watch two or three because it is so different from everything in the dc universe like there are stakes to it like civilians die major characters die like and cool. stay dead it's it's crazy so highly highly recommend i watched all 20 plus episodes over the last like seven days i watched the first three or four episodes of um raised by wolves mm. and i'm 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 on the fence about that i think it has a lot of potential but it's weird because it looks both cheap and expensive at the same time. So <laughs> it's like it's, it's expensive for TV. It all at once? It's it's weekly. Um, it's already cool. has like nine episodes out, and there's only one more coming oh, wow. out. So, um, okay. it's weird because it's well acted. It has a great sci-fi concept, and there's certain parts of their special effects that look incredible. But the costumes look like PBS documentary <laughs> costumes kind of thing. Like the costumes are weak. Some of the CG is really bad. And now granted it's for TV, but it's just, it's weird. Like it looks cheap and expensive at the same time. Yeah. I think I remember feeling that way about Westworld, the new season. Yeah. I think that's fair too. Like Westworld had some great special effects and other stuff. You're like, mm. um, interesting. I'll check out Harley Quinn. That sounds cool. It's fun. Um, I also watched uh, the Batman versus Dracula, which is terrible, <laughs> uh, but fun. Uh, I watched Lake Placid, which is a blast. I've been wanting to watch that one again. That one's yeah, a short one. It's only like 88 minutes. Yeah, it's good fun, man. Um, starring um, uh, Bill Pullman. Fuck, I'm afraid his name. Uh, yes, who I love, but also um, Brendan Gleeson, who's playing Trump alongside oh, Jeff yeah. Daniels and the in new the uh, Comey, Comey thing. 
movie. I want to watch that. Which looks fucking ridiculous. I don't want biopics of people who are still not alive, but still like in the position that they were in. It's a little weird that the movie's made about. Yeah. I think the problem is too many people can't do research on their own, like actual research and discern fact from fiction, which is why we're in the mess that we're in. But I think for whatever reason, if they see it in a dramatization, they're more likely to go, Oh yeah, Trump's a piece of shit. Right. Cause we're Americans. Yeah. Um, I also watched Magnum Dopus, the making of the Jay and Silent Bob reboot. Oh, really? It's kind of it's kind of cool. That's funny. What else? We, did I watch? You and I should talk about the Jay and Silent Bob reboot. God, did you watch I, it? I I haven't because I didn't like Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. I like I like the rest of those movies. I like Your Clerks. I like Chasing Amy. I like Dogma. Um, yeah. I like Mallrats. But I cannot stand Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. Yeah. yeah. I mean, this is a whole other episode that we can do. Um, oh, actually. Oh my God, we should do Jane Silent Bob Strike Back and then the reboot. <sighs> I really don't want to. Hell we yeah, can. we're doing that, we dude. We can. We can do it after November the first. stuff. We can Fuck do it. Yeah. Um, what yeah, else? Did we'll I talk watch? about that later, but that was it was fun to see like behind the scenes and stuff. Katrina and I started watching I Love Lucy because it's on Hulu oh. now. And that show is fantastic. Now, there are some little problematic stuff from it being from the 50s, but <laughs> the pacing and the comedic timing of Everybody on that show is fantastic. Like, I've been laughing my ass off more to that than I have to like a lot of modern sitcoms and and comedy TV shows. So that's been great watching. Nice. And then we also got through the entirety of uh, the newest uh, season of Chef Show. We watched that all in one day. <laughs> and then of course the got- boys. We're caught up on the boys. Oh yeah, I was gonna say I watched the new. I've been watching the boys like Thursday night um, <sighs> so good. when it drops. Yeah, it's fantastic, man. I'm really excited to see where they go with the rest of the season. Yeah, me too. That that last one was, uh, you know, shit's going down. Shit's really it's, going down. And it feels so relevant. Everything that Stormfront it's is doing how relevant with it memes is. and social media and stuff. And, you know, no spoilers. But uh, where she is Nazis. in this most recent episode. Um, and the way that relates to Homelander. like Dude, it's whew. weird. No, it's great. It was, yeah. We were watching it uh, the last episode, uh, the one that just dropped on Friday. We were watching it yesterday, and Katrina's like, "I fucking love this show because it's just it's so bananas." Yeah. And like you said, it's so relevant to what's going on right now. It's it's yeah. weird, but uh, it's cool. That, it's cool to have a second season that like um, improves upon the first season and builds on it because. I wish I could remember the name now. I watched something else recently. Oh, it was Doom Patrol. I love the first that's, season of Doom that's Patrol. That's my next uh, thing to watch. I, I was going to start so that It's so good. I'm so excited to talk to you about it. The second season of Doom Patrol, not bad. Does not deliver on the promise of the first oh, season. Oh, really? I've heard, I, I know a lot of people who like the second season more. And they're like pumped for the third season. The people that you know are idiots. It's not a <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, No, but, it's, it's fine. Like, I'm ready to watch it. it. I'm, I'm excited. I've been wanting to watch it for months and I've just hadn't had hbo max so finally yeah. got that i had to i had to hack my fire sticks i have an apple tv in the in the living room but i have a fire stick in the bedroom and amazon's like That's straight hot. up like we don't want mac or hbo max on this and they discontinued yeah. everything else for hbo so i had to like hack my fire stick to put hbo max on there i'm in the i'm i'm immersed in the apple ecosystem so yeah my apple tv gets it yeah, yeah, Apple TV is pretty great. All right, I think we should get to the 2009s. We can. No, I want to avoid it. talking about. I know you do. Somewhere. So, Bob's Burgers. You know what is we really didn't good. do? That's all the I last one. 
and we just kind of got Bird into it. Fantastic. And then uh, we got into this one, and I think we should. We didn't do the summary of the last movie. <laughs> a bunch of oh, yeah. bunch of, of coeds end up at a lake and they get killed by Jason. Yeah, that's it. That that's the this one. This one's a little bit different. It's a bunch of coeds end up at a lake and get killed by Jason, but Jared Padalecki's looking for his missing sister as yeah. well. See, they tried to introduce some story. Now, did it work? No, but at least they were trying. See, I'm going to disagree with you to an extent because the only thing that I did, like, I liked having a point of view character that had a clear motivation. Yeah, it's great. I prefer, like, I'm not going to say this movie was good. It wasn't. The first 15, 20 minutes of this movie, I kind of was like, oh, this is better. And part of that is, you know, 40 years worth of filmmaking, better technology, better cameras. Because I thought like when they were out in the woods and everything, I thought there were some really great shots and cinematography in terms of like getting the environments and setting up where things are. Um, There's a handful of like really cool shots. Like there's one that stuck out to me where Jason is standing on the roof and it's like a low angle yeah. and he's just a silhouette against like a blue background. I thought that was really cool. I like that. I, I wrote that one down but too. There's like, they're like shots that are out of focus. Yeah, there were a couple when they're talking to um, like in the, in the first act, they are rolling into town. Uh, not in the first act. It's like, after the 20 minute uh, pre-credit scene. So I don't even know if that counts. Um, so when they roll into town minutes, 10 seconds before dude, we got the title screen. Unbelievable. Um, there's, there's, Oh my God, I can't talk when they're buying stuff and they first meet Jared Padalecki. Uh, the cashier at the gas station is a Coppola, by the way. I don't know if he's a Coppola or just a Coppola, but <laughs> uh, the, the dirty OTS on him is fucking out of focus. Oh, and I was like, what are we, what are we doing? This is like a professional movie. It's, it's this, a Michael Bay's production company. You want right? like, something crazy? Michael Bay walked out of the premiere of this movie saying there was too much sex in it. What? Yeah. There's not even that much sex. No, there's not. <laughs> so it's now granted. I was surprised by how little nudity was in the second. movie. Not that I need it. I think for the most part, most nudity in most movies is gratuitous and doesn't really add anything to most But this films. is like the movie, this is part of the genre. Yeah, exactly. So I was surprised that there was, there was really only like one scene in the in part two from the 80s. Well, they had to cut one out because they had to cut one out because it was a minor. But in this one, like you get it right away. And what I was a little, I'm going to say my biggest disappointment in this movie right after the top is instead of doing a remake and try or a reboot and trying to do something on its own and make this a legit scary movie, which they could have done. Like they kind of did that with last year or the year before, whenever it was when we had Halloween um, where Jamie Lee Curtis Mm -hmm. is back and it's been 30 years or whatever it's been. That was a legitimately unnerving movie. The pacing was good because it's concerned with art and telling a story. I agree. And I thought that this should have it. And I thought that we might get that a little bit with the introduction of Jared Padalecki. I kind of thought it was kind of fun initially. I think, I think it did go on too long at 23 minutes. But I did think it was a little interesting to have this like almost pre-credit stinger to show what Jason is and what he's about and then get to the meat of it. But it was so overacted and super cheesy and people like making like the music was bad. Like that was the biggest thing that I hated about this was like the thing that made these movies. So not, I'm not going to say good, but so effective was I I think in the seventies and eighties, especially with the John Carpenter films, because he did a lot of his own music was 
the score like really set that mood and they had this was now obviously we used jump scares like crazy now but the jump scares were in cue with the music so it was a lot more effective in the old movies and this one the music was terrible everything was telegraphed there was nothing that surprised me there was never a kill that came on where i didn't expect yeah, the person to get killed in that exact second this movie came out in 2009 and you know part of Again, part of the reason that the original Friday the 13th's work, which goes back to your original question, part of the reason they're uh, iconic is because they kind of know what they're doing. They're kind of like, it's it's campy and they're not taking themselves too seriously. Um, but, and it was also like, it's, they're doing something that's still relatively new at that time. Right. Being, you know, a slasher movie or like a slasher movie like that is part of that genre you know what i mean yeah psycho came out there wasn't slasher movies yeah um so it still feels uh fresh and and new and stuff you get to 2009 and they're doing stuff in this movie that is like would have been out of vogue in 2000 well what's weird even by then it's like so um, platinum dunes it's just super cliche a a uh uh texas chainsaw massacre Right. Remake, prequel, origin story, just a couple years prior to this, because I was still working at the movie theater when that came out. So I was at the movie theater from 2004 to 2007. And I remember seeing that one in theaters and thinking. Maybe they did little... Freddy vs. Jason too, right? Freddy vs. Jason was a couple years before that. It was before. But that was working. Platinum Dooms as well, I think. No, that was Paramount. And it was before Platinum Dunes, I think. I think it was before. I think Platinum Dunes started with Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I could okay. be wrong, but don't quote me on that. But it is the same studio that ultimately did. No, New Line right. Cinema did um, Freddy vs. Jason. Well, New Line did this, too. Did I, I think oh, what okay. I'm just trying to get around to is, like, if people are not familiar, Platinum Dunes, uh, I believe, was founded specifically to do, like, horror remakes. Initially, and yeah. They, they haven't gone very well. No, they haven't. <laughs> so I, I think my biggest problem with this movie is you do get a little bit of that story element with J- Jared Padalak, and I'm like, okay, this could be interesting, but it was super campy, over-the-top acting. It was almost like, oh, we're just going to do what we did in the 80s, but with higher production values. Well, that's what I'm saying. It, it's it's campy without any authenticity, which yeah, is what I makes agree. authentic camp fun. Well, you know, it's like, like John Waters' stuff, is that there's a little bit of heart to it. Right. When but you do, this is just like... This is just like um, passe and like way uh you know 30 years beyond when it would have been it's, interesting. it's like trying to make There's a no b movie on purpose like when you look at a lot of those movies that go directly yeah. to sci-fi or directly to netflix those people didn't set out to make bad movies they set out to make a movie and through a lack of funding and not being able to get quality actors not being able to do quality special effects the movie's bad but they're campy and fun to watch now there are people like the sharknados who do go set out to make campy films but the, yeah and i think that those movies are you know as successful as they are because they know what they're doing and they're just having fun with it i yeah. think that's the the key there i don't think this fun. was that like i think they're just like no. we're gonna just assume people are gonna watch this for nostalgia to the point where apparently every single kill in this movie in the 2009 was based off a kill from the first four yeah movies i read that too which is insane. This, so that that ties into my point that this feels like, or one of the points that I wrote down, this feels like, um, you know how you watch like uh, true crime TV shows, like cheap true crime yeah. TV shows, and they do reenactments of crime? Katrina, that was Katrina's bread and butter in San Francisco. She did yeah. one, one per, you're allowed to be the lead in one episode per season. And she, yeah. they, the, the studios out there liked her and they filmed them on um, 
Treasure Island in San Francisco. And so she did one episode of each show reenactment show every year while we were in San Francisco. So these things always look uh, cheap and they're kind of silly. And it's like people reenacting these real life scenarios. My that track for you? Am I right yeah, here? Yeah. Okay. So this movie feels like they're doing those types of reenactments and they're just doing like highlights of the first four Friday the yeah, 13th. It movies. was like they, were, they, they had a, a union project. <laughs> so they had a little bit more money. It was like a union reenactment show versus a non-union one. Uh, so like what's weird and, about this is I, I want to go back to Michael Bay saying there's too much sex, which I think is hilarious because like he started with his Aaron Burr got milk commercial. And then he did like Victoria's Secret commercials. And then he like super sexualized women in like he sought out um, Megan Fox when she was 15, not realizing she was 15. And then made her like a bikini model because they she couldn't they couldn't have her be a bartender in the in Bad Boys 2. And then they have her become like a sex icon in Transformers. And like it's weird hearing that Michael Bay thought this movie was too sexy. And like it was so shout out to Jennifer's body, by the way. I hate that movie. Um, it's a dope movie. So what's weird about this is we get the weird sex scene at the beginning that's just like really dumb where this, this girl's like what rips out her tits and is like showing the guy from um, uh, Mad Men and Superstore. Ginsburg. Yeah, Ginsburg shows. I met him, by the way. I, I No, I haven't met him. I'm not going to say it. I have a funny, since I hate talking about this movie, I'm going to digress into my little, or I'm going to... Um, whatever the word is into my little story about meeting him. I went to see Hamilton at the Pantages uh, over on sunset. Yeah, it was pretty good. We had really good seats too. Um, and I was in line for the bathroom and Ginsburg and this other dude were behind me and they're just like chatting and stuff. And I was like, Oh fuck, I love this guy. So, um, I was, I think I chimed in on the conversation. I was just like, Oh yeah, I heard that too. And I added a little something like just making conversation. And then I was like, oh, you're uh, you're the dude from Mad Men, right? And he's like, yeah, I have other stuff too, but yes. And I was like, Oh cool. I, I really like you in that. And that was it. And then later I realized like he had done Mad Men years prior at this point. And he's like on Superstore, which is like, I guess, a huge show now, but it's, I don't, it's big enough. Like it's cheap. It's have got you... its own. It's on the universal tour. Yeah. It's crazy um, how small and, and then it the embarrassing is. the embarrassing part of that uh, story is that the dude that he's with is like his co-star in Superstore. So he was probably standing there like, I'm on a huge show. Which with guy this was guy. it? Um, the short dude. No, oh, I don't know. Sh- I, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't remember a whole lot about him. Anywho. And he's, and he's chubby. Okay. I think, is it oh, the guy in the wheelchair in that show? Is it him? I don't know. No. I've never watched it. Oh, okay. I don't, I don't think know. so. So anyway, getting back to this, Ginsburg. we get... Yeah, Ginsburg like just sees this girl with their tits out and the friends like being all awkward and then goes and like they have that sex scene and then the only other sex scene in the movie it's super weird like I didn't really understand it but everybody gets killed like we get this like 23 minute pre-title scene where they're these two guys who bring all their friends camping under the guise of going on a camping trip in reality they're going to pick up some weed that they a friend of theirs grew in the forest Three guys. Was it three guys who were in it? I yeah, thought it was only two. two. It's two. Co- it's two couples, and then the nerd. Well, no, only two guys were in on the drug thing. They were trying to keep it on the DL. Okay. Yeah. So it was like All the right. nerdy guy, and then like the cool, the the cool guy. Uh, yeah. Are trying to pick up drugs to sell, and so they trick everyone into going camping so they don't have to go out there alone, and they all get killed except for 
one girl, her name is Whitney, and then her boyfriend, they end up going to Camp Crystal Lake. They find a locket that has a picture of Jason Voorhees' mom. Like, this movie starts with, like, a recap of a first movie that didn't happen. So first we get, like, a thing of, like, a flashback of a woman killing, a girl killing a woman who we find out is Jason Voorhees' mom, and then Jason Voorhees finds his mom, and he's, like, a child. So, like, that one makes a little bit more sense in that, like, maybe in this version the first movie was only a couple of weeks after Jason presumably drowned. So I, I think this one cleans up that mistake from the original franchise a little bit better, but everybody gets killed except for Whitney. Cause she finds this locket and it has a picture of a young Mrs. Voorhees and she kind of looks like her. So Jason just decides to keep her alive. And then we get, Hey, the- that's kind of like the second movie. Exactly. So then we get Jared Padalecki 23 minutes, 23 minutes in. And then we get, it could have been covered in 10. Yeah. Easily. And easily. that's long. And so then we get Jared Padalecki is her um, brother and he's like going around town trying to find her. And then we get like this rich guy and his friends and Danielle Panabaker, uh, who are just going to killer, killer frost. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're just going to the rich guy's like cabin on the lake and like everyone's like, is that uh, young McConaughey? Is it young? No, that's his friend. I don't know. One of them looks like a young Matthew McConaughey. It looks exactly like uh, Daisy Confused. Oh, I don't know. I don't. I didn't. I didn't get that vibe. But what's weird it's about a good movie? You should see it. I, no, I've seen that movie. I'm saying I don't. I, I don't. I didn't get that vibe. But you know, it's fine. We don't. We don't have to see I mean, everything the other your, person your, sees. Your eyes don't work properly. <laughs> so what's weird about this one is they kind of set up this like conceit that like if they stuck with it kind of would make sense that Jason has always been around and the locals just know you don't go in these certain areas and you're fine. You're safe. You would think that the, the rich guy who spends all of his summers there would semi know about this thing. But even if he didn't, I didn't understand why Jason was going after them when they really kind of stayed in that cabin for the most part. Didn't, did anybody, uh, Not bef- I, I watched this movie, I watched this movie two hours ago and I don't remember anything So before, it. before, who Jason, was the first kill? So the first kill of our, the people were actually following right. after the 23 minute thing that was not relevant because nobody survived that was, not um, at all. they killed the, um, one of the friends, oh, the one that you probably think was like Matthew McConaughey, I, I guess I get it. But he goes out on the boat with his girlfriend and then Jason just shoots a bow and arrow at him and like kills him. And then the boat hits the girl. You know who the, the blonde in this was? That's Willa Ford. She was like a singer in the 2000s. The one that like got. Oh, no shit. She got hit by the boat and then like. She's no, I remember that. Like, I just, I don't know who Willa Ford is. She though. had that song is like, I, I want to be bad. Because it makes me wow, feel right. so good. It was a really shitty. So was song. that kill before Killer Frost and um, uh, Padalaki showed up in Camp Crystal Lake? Yes. So they go through. That the, makes sense. So he sees people on the lake and then people break into his his home. Yeah, but he killed he them, them before they ended up at that. And they never he ever. Yeah, actually. Maybe they're in the wrong part of the lake. Maybe. But then why am I defending this? Yeah, movie? but then why does he go to that house when like they're already dead and he didn't like he knows somebody went to his cabin, but he doesn't know who. He didn't see them. So they go to the cabin right. looking just Yeah, you're right. It, this is another thing that makes no sense. So so far up to this point, literally every single person that Jared Padalecki sees 
he's like, hey, have you seen my sister? Here's a flyer. And like to the point of it, like bugging people, like he goes up to this one person and she's like, yeah, um, Jason's around. Like, don't go to certain places. She doesn't tell him where he shouldn't go. She's just like <laughs> people who are from out or outsiders don't know where it's safe to walk. Well, she she tells yeah, she tells him to leave. Yeah. She's like, yo, your sister's dead. Like, stop yeah. poking around. So he also ends up going to like. This is another thing that makes no sense. Like, I'm just going to name a couple of killers that make no sense. So then he ends up at this, like, wood shop or something, but there's this, like, hick running. Kev. Yeah, running a, um, a wood shop. didn't shipper. connect with you, did it? No. Say it again. Little Kev. Little Kev. Little Kev. From, yeah, from, also from Always Sunny. Oh, he's the rapper yeah. guy that oh, D, snap. D thinks is, is special, but R-word. he's not. Yeah. And then he writes the rap about it. Okay, got it. And he does, like, He's the same character in this movie, except he's a hillbilly. Yeah. So Jared Padalecki. He does goes, the like, oh, snap, yo. He does. He totally does. So he shows up. Jared Padalecki shows up and like startles him while he's wood chipping. And he's like, hey, have you seen my sister? Jason just comes and like kills that guy for no reason. Like he. And that's how he gets his mask. Yeah. And that's cool. where he gets his mask. And it's like, but why did As he go As I was reading there? about this movie, um, they were like, the the filmmakers apparently made a big deal about how like yeah you know in the third uh, the original third movie he just kind of has the mask at some point and in this movie we really want to like dive into like how he got the mask so that's something that you're going to see in our reimagining is like how he gets the mask yeah. that's important it's not a big and I was deal like, a, it, a it's not important and b you didn't do anything with it all it was was he was wearing, he just saw it and put it on he was wearing the the sack which is what he wore in the second movie the original movie and yeah, that we're talking which is about. cooler and in this version, I actually thought the sack was pretty effective, but like the sack gets torn or whatever. And then the guy like was like, oh, you ugly. And then he kills him and picks up the hockey mask. Like that's all there was to it. And so at this yeah. point, while and they play like really dramatic music. Yeah. Too. So at this point, this is when Jared Padalecki and Danielle Panabaker go to the Camp Crystal Lake and they go and see Jason's cabin. They hadn't gone into it yet, but they're just walking around and then they hear footsteps at this point. Neither of them have seen their friends die. Neither of them know any of their friends are missing. They have no well, reason to be afraid. I think they think that they're they're trespassing. Right. But at this caught. point, every single time, Jared Padalecki was like, hey, it's me. Why do they immediately go and hide? You would think he'd be like, hey, you know, I'm not trying to do anything. I'm just looking for my sister. Have you seen her? Kind of thing. But I think you're nit- nitpicking like one of the smallest issues. But it just it doesn't make sense when his literally every time we've seen him interact with somebody, he's annoying like he's annoying people like looking for his sister and it doesn't it's make sense like this that he movie hides. isn't very well made exactly so at that point they hide but they drop on their backpack so jason knows somebody was there but he doesn't know who right and then so eventually jason just shows up and massacres everybody this was the other sex scene was the douchebag guy is danielle panabaker's boyfriend Kind of. No, they, they they say it multiple times that that is I know, but yeah. they, like those those people don't act like they don't. humans do. So it's weird it's like the douchebag like, guy. There's so I, I wanted to point this out. There's one scene because it relates to what you're talking about. There's one scene uh towards the beginning where she's like sitting outside and he's like, Oh, you know, these the other guys are like fucking with my parents' house and like I have to keep an eye on them and she's like, Well, do you want to go for a hike? And he's like, No, no, I have to stay here. Like, don't you see what they're doing? And she says something like, well, what are you afraid that they're going to do? Like, they're not going to, I forget what she says. They're not going to do something ridiculous. And he's like, yeah, I guess you're right. But in that moment, I was like, look, they might fuck up the house. They might get drunk and break things. Which they do. He has a good point. Yeah. And then he like, 
he says like, uh, oh, you know, I learned some new moves or something. He's making some innuendo and he puts his hands on her hips and she acts like he's um, not a boyfriend and like right. uh, being uh, creepy or whatever. And she kind of walks away and he's like, no, I want to go on a hike now. And she's like, oh, yeah, now you want to. And I can't even describe it properly. No, it's weird. It's not how it, humans it, interact. It, it is super weird. But what makes it even weirder is they're gone for a couple of hours. So she goes as far as he knows, she's going on her hike. Well, she she shows up with Jared Padalecki, which if they're boyfriend and girlfriend is kind of weird. She just disappeared with a total stranger, right? For two but hours, but he doesn't in the know woods. that yet. So he she goes to leave and then like runs into him and then invites him back. Um, it is what it is. But what's weird is so she's gone for presumably a couple of hours. They're on a camping trip together with all their friends, and there's just this random girl who's like with them and he decides to like fuck her and it's like a very long sex scene with her and it's super yeah. awkward he's like your tits are tremendous perfect nipple stupendous. placement stupendous yeah perfect yeah. nipple placement like i think they're like trying to be funny but it didn't it didn't, didn't work it was dumb and i just didn't understand it's like dude you're here with your girlfriend like how is this gonna play out but yeah. whatever uh, it's it's, al- it's almost like it's not a very well-made right film. so then like they show up, Jared Padalecki and Daniel Panabaker show back up and they're like, dude, there's a guy going around killing people. We should go. And they're just like, no, 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 we're still fucking. And then like, they finally like finish and they come out and there's no conversation about it at all. Like, were you just yeah. fucking our friend, my friend? Like nothing. And, and it's also not like, at all. and also like they saw somebody get killed, right? Why doesn't she say, Hey, it's an emergency. Open the door. Yeah. You know, at no point does she say it's an emergency. She's just like, guys, we really need to talk. Yeah. It's like, Yo, super you need, weird. You need to, yeah, you need to like uh, emphasize the seriousness of this uh, situation a little bit. So at this point, just a little bit. It just becomes like a standard slasher film. He kills. And then the, the two uh, to- token people of color characters get killed. Yeah. The Asian guy and the black guy get killed. And then the girl gets Which killed. Which is also. The Asian dude is, uh, I think his name is Ronnie Yu. Who yeah, also he was in Disturbia. Asian character in Disturbia, yeah. which we, we covered as well. So, and here's another thing that annoyed me about that is the black character. Um, he was a good friend. Like, makes a, sure. Uh, he makes a point, like the writers make a point of having him say, um, oh, you know, you just assume things because I'm black and blah, blah, blah. And to my eyes or to my ears, it was clearly them saying like, I'm not the token black character and I'm not just going to be like a guy who dies. And he serves he no purpose in the story, by the way. No, he does nothing. And he like right before he goes to, he goes to meet his death with Jason. He even says like, uh, you know, don't like, don't act like, you know, me, don't act like, yo, you know what I'm about. I can outrun anything or something. Yeah. And then he just goes and gets killed by Jason. And I was like, why did you set up that? He was going to like subvert our expectations. Cause I, it's, it's a bad movie. So at this point they just start oh, killing yeah. everybody. Like, Boom, boom, boom. Everyone dies. Jared Padalecki and Daniel Panabaker end up back in Frost. Jason's lair, find his sister, and then Daniel Panabaker just gets killed immediately as soon as they find the sister. Because, oh, no, we've got another female who can survive. Kill her. And then yep, she passed off her final girl duties. Yeah. And so then they have this weird thing where, like, they're running away. Jared Padalecki gets attacked and has a little scuffle with Jason, but Jason lets him live. And, like, he goes to kill Whitney, and then Jared Padalecki comes and, like, scuffles with him again. They get away, and then they use, like, a series of chains and the wood chipper to trap Jason. And then they, like, hit him with the machete, and you think he's dead. And they go to dump his body in the river versus, like, 
calling the cops, which at this point the sheriff had already been killed too. We didn't, it didn't really matter if we talked about him, but they just go to dump his body in the river and then he bursts through the pier and grabs them at the end. And we get another one like, Ooh, twist ending. But it's like, dude, how fucked up are you that you just kill this person and don't call the cops? You wait hours. They killed this guy at night and they go to dump his body in the morning and they're just kind of like standing there watching the sunrise. Like it's fucking weird. Yeah, it's it's almost like it's not a very well made. It's terrible. Movie. It's it's a terrible um, movie. There's all uh, speaking to that point, they're playing beer pong and I guess like the one guy loses 10 times in a row, so his punishment is that he has to drink beer out of the dude's shoe. That seems like more of a punishment for the dude who has to walk around with a soggy shoe. Where did you watch this? Did you watch it on Vudu? Uh no, I rented it on iTunes. Oh, okay, that's Apple. weird. I don't remember that scene. Because I, I almost oh. rented on Voodoo, but it was an extended cut. And I was like, I don't want to watch an extended cut of this. So I oh, yeah, mine, it on mine didn't say if it was extended or not. Okay. So then we probably did watch the um, same version. Oh, I want to point out also just, you know, the as far as the, the people of color being token characters that are there just to be massacred. They're also the only two people in the movie that don't have some sort of a sexual relationship, which well, is like... That's a thing for for Asian characters too. Is like Asian men. The are Asian guy tried sort of though. He asexual. tried to hit on the girl. But they that make ultimately- a, they make yeah. They make a point of being like, oh, he can't he can't perform as well as the white men can. It's true. And it's just like it's fucking tired, you yeah. know. And this whole movie, especially for two thousand nine, I know that was like a long time ago, but uh, it's got horror tropes that were so tired by then. Like, yeah. this is the movie that's uh, that Scream was trying to warn us about. Yeah, you know. Scream came out, I think, 94 or 97? 96, I think. Yeah, yeah, you're right, 96. Scream came out in 96 and just eviscerated all of it. Scream, did I say this before? Scream is the fucking nirvana. What's funny is uh, a lot of of, people agree with you. Horror movies. Like, Scream comes out and hair metal all of a sudden is not in vogue anymore. Like, it's a joke, you know? When Nirvana came out, Motley Crue couldn't do their thing anymore. Right. And so, that's how Scream was for horror movies. So, and we end up with this thing, and it's just so fucking frustrating. And Cabin in the Woods, too. I'm on a whole thing right now. Cabin in the Woods did the same, or, you know, not to a lesser extent, did a similar thing that Scream did, where it's like, hey, all of these fucking movies are bullshit. We need to do something new, interesting, and try and move the genre forward instead of rehashing the all same this tropes garbage. Over and over again. And what's funny is... I, 2009, dude. The, the Scream thing... A lot of people feel the same way as you do. Um, you haven't worked with them yet, but uh, we they're on like a hiatus right now. But there's this group of three guys. Uh, their podcast is called Get to the Get to the Movies. Uh, it used to be called Get to the Podcast, but all three of their hosts have been on our show at least once. Some of them have been on our show two or three times. And for two of the th- two out of the three of them, they brought up how um, Scream got them into horror films. It got them into watching the Halloween movies and these movies and whatnot and really got them into it. And I know a lot of people like that. I, I, I saw scream a couple of years after it came out. I was a little too young to watch it when it first came out. I was like, if it was 96, I was eight years old. I was a little young for it, but I saw it, you know, a few years later when I was like early teens. And I do think for as great as scream is, I do think it falls into a lot of tropes towards the end. Like I think it's a fantastic movie up until like the last 20 minutes when we find out who the killers are. And then it's just like, we're going to kill everybody and anybody. And it kind of loses some of its thing, but that's just my piece on screen. I still think it's a fantastic film. And I went and watched the second and third and fourth one after the fact, because I think they're good enough, but I don't think they're like perfect. The for even the first one, I don't think is a perfect film that people make it out to be. All right. 
hot take. <laughs> uh, so generally, I th- I'm not. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say it's a perfect film. But it's very fucking effective at the message that it's trying to send yeah. for me. So I think, God, it's torn because I, I could see remaking this franchise. I get it. Sure. I just think if you were going to redo it, I would have rather than done taking it seriously versus going like, oh, we're just going to make it sexy and we're just going to try to make it funny. Because this movie did become, like, this franchise did become very meta eventually. Just like Nightmare on Elm Street did too. Here's a pitch for you. When were the the Halloween remakes, Rob Zombies? They were before this, right? Uh, They're probably around the same time. Let me look it up. Hey, Siri, when was the Halloween remake released? I was probably thinking about the third fucking one. 2007. Okay. Okay. So, so this movie was made because Halloween did well was enough. rebooted and did well. So, people's issue with the Halloween remake is that Rob Zombie tries to instill some sort of mythos into Michael Myers. Right. Where, as you said, the the cool thing about Michael Myers is that he's just evil. He's just a There's fucked no up. Fucking he was just a fucked up kid. Yeah, he's just fucking evil and like supernaturally evil, probably. But there's not an explanation. That's what's cool about it. He's the boogeyman. So for the Friday the 13th movies, which are like become mired in all of this supernatural resurrection and going to hell and blah, blah, blah. They should have looked at uh, Halloween flipping the script and being like, oh, we're going to give Jason a story and said, "Okay, we're going to do the opposite. We're going to embrace the fucking nihilism of our character and just say Jason doesn't have a backstory. Maybe he, you know, he's a kid that drowned in the lake. But that's it. We're not going to explain it beyond that. And he's just the boogeyman that's coming to kill it and it's coming to kill these kids that are having sex and drinking and stuff. And I think if they had gone that route, being gritty, being more gritty and dour would have made more sense. And it would have just been a better movie. I agree. I would have preferred it to actually be a serious film versus trying to be still be a caricature kind of film like it. Yeah, it just it didn't do anything unique or original and to the point where they used all the same kills. Like I can still remember a, a kill in Freddy versus Jason. There's a point where um this couple's having sex and they're in like a, a fold up bed, like a cot, and Jason just comes and like folds it shut and like snaps them in half. Kind of thing. Like it's stupid, but it's unique and it's fun and I like it's it it sticks in my head. I yeah. just watched this movie a day and a half ago. And the only kill that I, that sticks out in my head is the bow and arrow one. And not because I think it's effective. It's because I recently got into archery. I just got a bow a few weeks How ago. How is he such a good archer? I don't know, bro. Yeah. To hit somebody he, on he a boat moving quickly at conservatively a couple hundred And he throws an axe yards. at the dude, too. Yeah. He throws an axe at the black guy. Yeah, it makes no sense. But the only kill that stuck out to me was that one because I recently took up archery. Yeah. Yeah, man, there's, I mean, in part two, the original one also, there's so many just like machete kills, you know? Yeah, most of them are For a franchise that's supposed to be about like creative kills, kills, there was, yeah, there's just a lot of like, oh, so he he hit him with a machete. All right. Yeah, there's machete, multiple machetes, one spear, and one guy getting choked out with a, a wire. And that's it. So, yeah, honestly, this movie was not a good remake. They were going to remake this again like a year ago. And if they I think LeBron James was involved <laughs> in this one. Did you read that? No. Yeah, LeBron James like has a production company and he was supposed to do a prequel. Oh, shit. I did not know that. I know. Like, what's the connection? It's I so don't weird. know. Uh, so, yeah, I, th- I think I, I 
probably speak for both of us saying this is a shitty remake and we didn't need it. This is maybe one of the worst horror movies I've ever I, seen. I did not have fun with this one at all. No, it, it was a rough It was watch. all work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, we're- so... We're we're sorry, and we're going to try to pick better movies yeah. for the rest of uh, these are iconic. We couldn't have picked a more fitting thing for Halloween. Like it's weird that we hadn't done these already. If I'm yeah. being honest, well, yeah, and you know, I think I, I kind of said this earlier, but like, I opened with saying like I was never super into the Friday the Thirteenth movies, and watching Part Two was kind of like, yeah, you know, makes sense. This is why I wasn't, and this one really hammered that home it's like yeah these fucking movies suck yeah like, i'm just not so I'm not interested in these let's get into the news really really quick uh yeah we're gonna talk about the news now M- movie news i don't have a ton the craft remake which i knew was coming but i didn't know they'd already made it that's coming to vod sometime in october they're skipping it through oh, yeah. release yeah i didn't realize they finished it yeah i didn't know they finished it either so that'll be interesting the other one, this is, it's a bit of a stretch calling it a remake news, but uh, we know that Kang got cast in Ant-Man 3, and yeah. Kang is traditionally a Fantastic Four villain, so it's safe to assume that we're starting to get some Fantastic Four stuff. What makes it a little bit more interesting is depending on which version of Kang you think of, he's a time-traveling Avengers-level threat, is... Uh, in some ways, he's related to to uh, Reed Richards. So um, in some versions, he's like a great, 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 great grandson. In other versions, it's actually Reed Richards' father traveled to the future, had an illegitimate child, and then went back to his normal time. So yeah. the fact that this actor, um, uh, so Jonathan, is it Jonathan Majors, right? Yeah, Jonathan Majors, uh, who's in Lovecraft Country right now, got cast as king. And him being a person of color, if they're going to stick with that origin, that he is a relative of Reed Richards. Now, granted, if they go the great, 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 great grandson, it could be a, a different race. But if they go with the also, fact that it's... Kang is Kang is fucking blue, right? Well, that's a costume that he's in. So he's he's not he act, being blue. Yeah, that's like a skin. It's a really it's like a atom thin armor. So he's not cool. actually blue, but it's conceivable that he could also technically be Reed Richards because there's other versions where he actually is Reed Richards um, or he's a relative. So we might get a black Reed Richards in Fantastic Four. And I've heard whispers that uh, John David Washington from Tenet might be Reed Richards. That'd be cool. I bet they don't do it. I don't think they will, cool. but uh I think it'd be. I think it's possible that they go. Well, we're not going to give the fans what they wanted. We're not going to give you John Krasinski, but we're going to do this. So, I think John Krasinski is too busy directing. So I think he's going to end up being um, the what if one of the what if versions of Captain America. That would be interesting. I'd be and cool also with him that. and Chris Evans are are buddies, and I think he he auditioned for Captain America. Oh, he so had it. So like a, he he went to the point where he was doing screen tests and getting costume fittings. John Krasinski and that doesn't mean that he had it no it was like Marvel's pretty much said it would have been his if Chris Evans turned it down one more time because they offered the part to Chris Evans six times and he kept turning it down and then they brought John John Krasinski in and then they're excellent at casting yeah which 
makes me remember one more thing that I wanted to say about Friday the 13th, the remake. All of the fucking male characters look exactly alike. I felt like I was watching Army Hammer as the Winklevox twins. Like, <laughs> they all look like they're related. I can't tell any of them apart. It's, the it's only just reason the that I knew that Jared like Padalecki was Jared Padalecki is because he's got dark fucking hair. They, they're, they're just like CW actors. Yeah, it's garbage. Yeah. It's so poorly cast. Yeah, I agree. Killer Frost wasn't good in it either. I, I like her as Killer Frost. But uh, yeah, I mean, that, that's pretty much all the news I got. Um, so they're bringing in Kang the Conqueror. So Kang is like, I don't know, maybe they'll downgrade him a little bit in these movies, but like Kang is, like you said, an Avengers level threat. He could, you know, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but he's sort of on the order of Thanos. Yeah. He's, 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 he's a, up there. Like he, it takes the there. entire Avengers to beat him. There's no way that they're not bringing Dr. Doom into the MCU. Eventually they will. I'm thinking if, if I'm I'm taking an educated guess, I'm thinking we know that the quantum realm is also like an alternate dimension, and we've seen mm-hmm. that. So I think we're getting that. I think we might get him as Kang as a uh, a post credit scene, like him getting out of the quantum realm because of things that happened in Ant Man three. I don't think he's no, the they, villain. They of said Ant-Man he's three. Uh, I think they said that he's he's a villain. I I don't believe that. I don't think he's going to be the full fledged villain. I don't see them blowing their load with Kang for Ant-Man. Well, I think he might be, he I might think be he might be a, a precursor thing. to what I think he, he becomes. Yeah, I think he might, I think, you know, based on the fact that he's a time traveler, he's always sort of around. I think they might have him be the main villain in Ant-Man three, but have him, you know, be defeated, but not die. And then he sort of starts popping up throughout the MCU. I think so. Um, I, th- I think we're just going to get a, a bigger character later on. I think we're going to get a tease but of what he'll my, ultimately be. Yeah. My original question was going to be, do you think Kang is going to come back as one of the big bads in the Avengers movies? And also, do you think we're going to get Doctor Doom in this next phase? And do you think we're going to get Galactus again? I would love to see a purple giant Galactus. Um, I don't think we're... I, I don't know. I don't know if we're going to get him right away. I would love to get Doom. I would I would Off almost my, like to see like an anti I think what we might get is almost like an anti Justice League kind of thing where we might get Doom. We know Abomination is still out there. I, I feel like Doom or Norman Osborne is gonna be the next big bad that we see. I think we're gonna get Norman Osborne or Doom to kind of fill in as the Loki character who is like a bad guy who has his hand in multiple movies. I don't think that they have the rights to Norman Osborn. I mean, Sony technically Sony, does, but Sony. Right, so that's we'll what I'm see saying, so what I don't, they do. I don't think Marvel. I don't think Marvel will make him a character that pops right. up. Right. So I'm saying movies. somebody on that caliber. So whether it's Doom or or Osborn, I think I think after all the backlash, I think Sony and Marvel are gonna work out their shit and actually get this going. But yeah, but I I just don't think that they can commit to. Um, Norman Osborn being a Maybe. mainstay in the MCU but if I, they don't have rights to it because it could just disappear at any time. Right. So that's why I think they would we we they Sony is committed to having at least three more Spider-Man movies in the MCU. So I think we could commit to having Norman Osborn for about a five to seven year period. So I can see Norman Osborn being kind of this thing who kind of has a feeling almost like people knew that Thanos was coming. I don't know. I would like to see Doom, but I don't know if we're gonna get Doom Quickly, I think Doom will be like the next th- phase, but I would like to see Doom be a consistent threat. I could see Doom 
um, being the Thanos of the next, like I could see the next three phases building up to, no, I'm sorry. I, I see the next, I could see the next phase building up to uh battle world. That would be, yeah, that, that's another thing that a lot of people think is going like, to happen and that you'll have the collector. And like maybe doom sticks around. Yeah. I think you'll, but I think, I think all of the uh, Doctor Strange multiple dimension stuff, I think that's going to um, coalesce into I an agree. Avengers movie. We, that... we really don't know how deep they're going to get in that stuff, but I do think... And I think that means like John Krasinski coming in as uh, Captain America too, like you get these alternate dimension That could be cool. I'd be cool with whatever. I really don't... Like going into Infinity War, I kind of had a feeling, and I was pretty close. I'd say I was like, of all my predictions going into Infinity War and Endgame... I would say like 70 to 80% of my predictions were right. I honestly have like no real predictions on what's going to go on. I think WandaVision, which is later this year, is going to give us a pretty good idea of what to expect going forward. You watched that trailer, right? Yeah, looks good. Yeah, I'm pretty stoked on it, man. Yeah. One of my friends uh, called me and she was like, what the fuck is going on with WandaVision? It looks weird. She had like not even, she had not even heard about it until this most recent trailer. And I was like, oh man, give me a call. Let me tell you about it. I can't stuff. wait. Yeah, I'm stoked. Do you think they're going to bring Magneto in? No, I don't think so. I don't think they're going to change their origin that way. Um, I do, if I were a gambling man, I'd say there's almost a 100% chance that we get Aaron Taylor Johnson back as Quicksilver in a cameo. Yeah, yeah, the cameo for sure. Yeah. I don't think I don't think Magneto's going to be in WandaVision. I don't I think, think so. Uh, I'm saying I don't think he's going to be in WandaVision, but I think they will bring him in and tie him to Scarlet Witch at some point. Maybe. I definitely think between WandaVision and Doctor Strange 2, we'll start figuring out how the X-Men will come in. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, all right. Uh, well this is all. Yeah, I could do a whole other podcast exactly. on what I think is going to happen. In so MCU. give us your plugs and then we'll wrap it up. Yeah, I'm on uh, Instagram at dyslexic, D-Y-S, Alex, I-C, and I'll be putting up a new shirt, uh, I think by the time this episode launches. Nice. It's uh, going to be this really cool Only Women's Cuts shirts that say Final Girl in the Halloween front uh, font on the front. Nice. Uh, so if that sounds interesting to you, keep an eye on my stories. I'll post it up there. Um, if you want to follow along with what I'm watching, I'm on Letterboxd at Polishi, my last name, and I'm also on Twitter at Polishi. Nice. And you guys can check out everything that's MDX Pods related at MDXPods.com, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, all at MDX Pods. If you want to support the show, you can check us out at MDX Pod or if you want to support the show, you can check us out at patreon.com slash MDX Pods. Uh, for the last few weeks on our off weeks, we've been doing Fast and the Furious bonus episodes. Uh, we've oh, only yeah. we've got a couple more. We've got three more. No, four more, because we, we didn't yeah, do them in order. So we've got four more. Uh for the official ones, we haven't officially decided if we're going to do Hobbs and Shaw. I'm thinking we're not going to do Hobbs and Shaw, but uh, we'll see. If people want us to, maybe we will. But after we get through the Fast franchise, those bonus episodes are going to become Patreon only. We want to give you guys a little bit more for your buck by by backing us on Patreon. So we're committed to making uh, exclusive content for that platform going forward. So check us out. And uh, yeah, that's it. Thanks for listening. Thanks.